Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Terrence Jones. Welcome to another episode of the Fellas Point of View podcast. We are back live, live. We are here unedited, unparalleled. There is none like us. None can compare to us. The fellas are here, and we are bringing you the hot topics like always, and we're going to bring it tonight. Say hello to Sean. Hey, everybody. You ready for this evening, Sean? Yes, I am. It's going to be a great evening tonight. Great discussion. Great discussion. Say hello to Lamont. Good evening, everyone, all the way from Los Angeles, California. Los Angeles, home of the angels. We're still in mourning. We love you, Kobe. We love you, Kobe. We're, we're mourning with you. And all the way, all the way from that good old San Francisco, say hello to Fernando. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh, he dropped it low. Good. I know I dug deep that shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. it has been a crazy week. So much has happened in the news. Uh, this, it, the, the hot topics has is, is just been crazy. And like Lamont said, we are still mourning with the Los Angeles area and the world and the passing of Kobe Bryant. We are still at such a loss, such a loss. And there's so much going on in the news. So we're yet praying for Vanessa, the family, and all of the families who lost their loved ones on that horrific helicopter crash. We also want to send our prayers out to the Greyhound bus that was coming out of Los Angeles, California, on this week. And a gunman shot and killed one lady on there and shot um, a couple of other people. And unfortunately, when I saw the post, I began to think about um, if any of my friends were driving the bus, because I know several people that drive Greyhound. And I found out it was none of my friends, but on the back end, I found out that the young lady, one of the young ladies that was shot happens to be my coworker's daughter. Oh my so, God. Oh, wow. It just what I thought was, I was out of the skate of it. It still fell in my backyard. So prayers to him, his family, to his daughter. She is in major, what's the, I, I can't figure out the word. What's the, uh, beyond critical condition. So what is major, major, I forgot what the, she was shot three okay, times. Okay, so I see you. So I see and... you. So major, that's major, right? Yes, <laughs> major. I think there's a term. There's a term. A term for it, and I just can't remember what the term is right now. I'll, I'll, I'll find out for you by the end of the show. I'll, I'll text somebody in the medical field. Yeah, because it was. I, I saw it when I was reading the news, and it said major something, and I forgot the second word. And oh, by the way, on that, to the young lady who is the reporter for the Bakersfield. Um, I'm, 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 I want you to be able to do this because you're stalking me right now, and I'm a little annoyed <laughs> that you are stalking me. Um, 
But so after I wrote my post the other day, um, why am I saying? Um, the, a news reporter contacted me on every piece of social media I have all the way down to sending me an email to Emma, Emma Goss. This is Christopher Terrence Jones. It is not my place, nor will I stoop to giving you the name of the driver who is worried about their daughter surviving this horrific mess. I'm sorry. You contacting me and leaving me a message everywhere under the sun, the sun, I'm not going to be your source. If you need to find a story, you're going to have to find it somewhere else. And I didn't even, I, I'm telling y'all, I didn't even know that people could, that are not my friends could leave messages on my Facebook. She left a message on my Facebook post like we were best friends. This is a new Yeah. <laughs> what was this about again? The a news reporter has has been stalking my page, and that's what I'm calling it, the stalking, because she sent me an email, she sent me a message on my Instagram. One, what? Uh, did you just miss that whole segment? It, I no, I I caught a part of it, but I missed the context. It was about the uh, my coworker. Uh, his daughter got shot on the Greyhound bus. Oh, and so a news reporter is trying to get me to give her his information so that she can have a story and all that. That's not my place, boo boo. It's not my place. It's not my place, and I'm not gonna do it. That's tacky. You don't give out personal information. That, that, oh, nobody does. <laughs> tacky. And for her to leave, for you, Emma, for you to leave a message on my Facebook. Oh, lucky Emma, I Jean Emma Jean, girl, what are you, Emma? Really? You lucky I didn't cuss you out. Damn you, Emma. <laughs> this is the nice person, Emma. Stop. The what? This is the nice version, Emma. Stop. Right. Oh, oh that's right. Nice. That's the nice version. Okay. Next, we'll have a word from the devil for you. Right. <laughs> yeah, baby. So, um. That's that. It is, um, where am I at, Jesus? An honorable mentions, we do want to mention that on yesterday, we lost one of the most iconic actors of the Hollywood golden age. Kirk Douglas passed away at the age of 103. Ooh, Spartacus. Spartacus. Exactly. This is for you young people, and well, hell, they might they might not know that either. He's Michael Douglas's dad, but he has Google been, him, kids. Google him. Google him. He has been acting since the forties. Literally, literally, yeah. since the forties. Legendary, legendary actor. He, um, <clears throat> yeah, just legendary. He's a Brando and all them. So one of the. His first movie was called The Strange Love of Martha Ivers, and it was with Barbara Stanwyck. Barbara Stanwyck is one of my favorite actresses, so that definitely shows you how old I am, because most of you won't even know who Barbara Stanwyck is. <laughs> but she was an amazing actress. And, and me included. So, 
you know, that just for somebody who can span and he was also a blogger. So he was listed as the oldest celebrity celebrity blogger, which you can find from 2012 in on the Huffington Post. You can find his there. But Google him. You might see some good movies that you, a good old black and white or a good old movie that might just take you back to a different time and a different place. Learn something. You know, it's not hard. Learn something. Right. It is also February, which happens to be Black History Month. It is our month. It is all about Black history. And so I um, wanted to make sure that we take time to celebrate because we are four Black men. Yeah. I think last we checked, yeah. we were Black. Yeah, Black ass. <laughs> Let me go look in the mirror again. Last time I checked my credit. So one of the things Which I can help you with everyone. <laughs> <laughs> one of the things in black history on February 6, 1820, the first organized immigration back to Africa began with 86 free African Americans leaving New York Harbor aboard the Mayflower of Liberia. They were bound for the British colony of Sierra Leone, which welcomes free African-Americans as well as fugitive slaves. So when they got the chance, y'all know, check your history, we were brought here by boats from Africa. And when they had the chance to try to go back, they took the chance to go to back. Check your history. Read some books. Learn something, damn it. It's black history. Study. Study to show thyself approved. <laughs> That's in the book. That's in the book. Yes, it is. That the more it, you know, the more you know. Don't just be a dummy. Yeah, you know. Now that's that's not cute. I don't I don't oh. That's a turnoff to me. Do, is that still a thing? Like do, like you could just be into stupid? Hey, some people like stupid. Some people are. They, they, ain't even, they ain't even acting. That's what they do. Right. <laughs> That's who they are, unfortunately. Well, I, there is not, it cannot, it does not, it doesn't, I can't get wet for that. Oh, I can't. I, just can't. I hope not. <laughs> I, I hope not, too. No, can't do that. Can we, um, since, since we're on history, can we talk about, you know, who the, uh, the Hall of Fame inductee? Oh, yeah. You want to move up there? Okay. Yeah, why not? Since I mean, that is history. That is history. So, on what day was that? Cicely Tyson, who is 95 years old. 95. Y'all, y'all catch that. 95. And right. is still a working actress. Working. Not In demand. In demand, yeah, let's say that too. In demand, she was inducted. Beautiful, beautiful. She was inducted into the 2020 TV Hall of Fame. 
So congratulations to Cicely Tyson, who has been in this industry since the 1950s. Since Jesus. <laughs> when he said, let there be light, mama clicked it. Exactly. She's like, is that better or do we need a demo? Is that better, Lord, or do you need more? <laughs> and for you young people, most of y'all would know her now because of Tyler Perry projects. But way before that, she was in the autobiography of Mrs. Jane Pittman, which gave yes, her Lord. two Emmy Awards. Oh, oh, y'all know her. Y'all is Sounder, which we saw in school when I was a kid. That was a movie we saw in Me school. Me too. <laughs> um, also, if you watch The Help with Viola Davis, she was in there. Yep. So, and then I know most of you young people are not going to know this. She was in Roots. Roots was one of the most iconic black movies ever. Learn your history, damn it. That's all I can say is learn your history. Please. You know what? Watch some old movies. You never know what you're going to learn from an old movie. Just because, just because it's learned, you, you can always learn something from an old dog. Trust me. Time ain't changed that much. So she said when she was inducted, she said, I'm extremely grateful that what I refer to as a divine guidance led me to this experience and gave me that future of my career. I am grateful not to the shoulders that I stood on, but the backs that I laid on and stood on while the women in our family picked cotton with babies strapped to their backs. I'm grateful for them. I'm super grateful that I have been here for 95 years and I have no idea who this person is. I find myself looking in the mirror every now and then and saying, Sicily, do you believe this? Do you believe it? Amazing career and amazing woman. Amazing. Congratulations, wow. Cicely. We love you. I mean, just so many movies. When you look back at her career, that is just iconic movies that she's been a part of. And just to be in her right mind at 95, still can that learn, part. learn your lines. Learn your lines and be on point in the movie. Wow. Like, what do you do with with a paycheck at 95? You're like, any day now. Uh, Did you say any day now? I can't. Like, like, I mean, mean, you have 95 years old, you have to be a a cynic of sorts. Michael Douglas, Michael Douglas is at 103, so she still can keep kicking. How old is Betty White? Because she ain't she ain't going nowhere either right now. No, she ain't nowhere soon. But she's she 94. 94. Oh, well, Cicely is older than her. Yeah. So that's amazing. It, it really is amazing that she her career has about your body. She has spanned all of these years. And the weird thing is that most people won't know, she started off as a model. This is the GOAT. There's another another tidbit that most people don't know. The jazz musician, Miles Davis, she was married to him. Yes, she was. I didn't know that. 
from 1981 to 1989. She was married to Miles Davis. Really? Yes. Most people Was she his widow? Uh Uh-huh. Was she his widow? Uh, when did he die? I believe she was. She was getting some iconic dick. Okay. Ah! Uh, <laughs> More than that horn, baby. No. Yes, he was. No, she was. He died in 1991. They got divorced in 89. 89, but he never remarried. Oh, well then. Why don't you go to Sicily? And they remained friends two after the divorce. Yeah, they remained wow. friends. Wow. Exactly. So, did not know that Miles Davis died that re- recent. Um, did you say I, recent? I told you. Well, recent. it's recent to me. It's within my lifetime. 91? Uh, 91? 91 is within my lifetime. It is, but it ain't recent. That ain't recent. You old. Well, what I mean by that is that... Um, not that not that 1991 was yesterday no but it's um close enough it's something that i could have remembered i didn't know it was that um oh something that 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 could be in your memory bank okay i get yeah yeah i got michael jackson like in my lifetime i could have met miles davis that's what i mean oh yeah you could have met yes definitely because you were born in the in eighties, so I put I put Miles and everybody in the same category as like Phyllis Hyman, um, or um, Billy Hall Holiday. I'm sorry, not Phyllis Hyman. I was gonna say watch it because you know I'm a Phyllis I'm a Phyllis Hyman fanatic. You better watch it. See. Oh, I'm a Phyllis fan too. Say the wrong thing, I have to stab you, cut you in your jungler. Oh, I'm definitely a Phyllis fan now. Honey, she is the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate. What you, okay. what, what, what you know about um, her songs? Honey, Sent- sentimental mood. You know I how to can, love me. I can meet you on the moon and show you how to live in confusion because I lived it. And then I can walk away. Ah! Now. Come on. Want to go there? <laughs> ultimate. <laughs> ultimate. Never miss the show. Rest in peace, Phyllis Hyman. Um, you better live in confusion. Come on, Phyllis. We love you. I sure did. Yes. Yes. You so, know, that's one artist I wish I could have met or could have seen live. Oh, I oh it, was, it was something to behold. The last time I seen her was at the Roxy. You're yeah. in L.A. Amazing. Every time she yeah. came here, I graced the stage. And when she committed suicide, I had tickets to that show. They had to refund my money. Oh, wow. Yeah, she was scheduled to come here. I've never missed a Phyllis Hyman show ever. Wow. And that wow, was wow, wow. that was at the good old Kimball's in uh Emeryville. And so the, Kimball's East, huh? Huh? Was it Carnival at that point or was it still Kimball's East? No, Kimball's East. They're two different places. Oh. Carnival was a club. East was a, it was a, it was a jazz establishment where many famous 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 artists and singers have graced us with their presence. God, oh, I gotta okay. stop showing my age. I gotta stop showing me and Lamont's age. Uh, That's all right. Uh, I'm I'm glad. I'm happy. I don't know about you, Hill. I buried people at 28, not 48. Come on, come on, exactly. So. 
Um, we did, before we move on, we did receive word from um, Dr. Roland Gibson in Las Vegas, Nevada. Shout out, shouts out to him. Uh, you were thinking of grave condition, which is the worst condition you can be in before death. Grave ah. So okay. it's grave, critical, serious, critical, state, state of critical, and okay. Okay. stable condition. Those are those conditions of medical state. Okay, I, and I still don't remember which one it is. Old age is truly kicking in, but I don't remember. It's what. probably a different word for grave. Grave it was, condition. It, it was something after that major um, that just threw me. Old age, honey, I accept it. I accept it. You're accepting I, it. I accept it because I look good for my age. Thank you very much. Yeah, you do. Especially since I done went down eight pan sizes. Hallelujah. Come on through eight pan sizes. Hallelujah. I need you to get on a scale and give us the real weight, though. Right. So I am. I went to go get on the scale and got sidetracked, is what had happened. Was Was it by a meal? No. No, no, no. (laughs) I was on my way. I was going to my mother's house and I was like, to taking the turn to go to her because I don't have a scale. So I was going to my mama's house to use the scale. And I made the wrong turn and then forgot that I was supposed to go to mama's house and I just kept going. I was like, okay, what really just happened here? So I'm going to skate on by there on Saturday or I'm going to go down to that good old bed, bath and beyond and, and stand on one of their scales. That's what's going to happen. You know, I'm going to make, make it. Equinox, there's scales everywhere. It better be for three hundred damn dollars. It better be one on every corner. Well, there's one as you walk out of the shower. There's also another one as you walk out of the steam room, and they also have them placed throughout the club. So you're always aware of how much you weigh. Yeah. Well, hell, for three hundred dollars, I don't want to know how much I weigh because for three hundred that I'm giving away every damn month. I want to know how small I am by looking in a mirror. I don't need to see no weight. But you, but you know, but you know what? Every selfie you look amazing because the lights are perfectly placed to make you look good in the selfie. Every single shot looks amazing. Uh, Trust me, all you need is a good little sure fifteen does. or twenty dollar scale to show you where you're going, where you're being. You know, look, look. Need all that. Black don't. Don't black. listen to these two hundred fifty dollar a month damn membership people. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't listening to them hoes, honey. <laughs> hoes ain't loyal. So I'm not listening to them. Hoes ain't loyal. It's, it's, it's the bougie side of life, you know? It's bougie. I'm, uh, I'm okay with, okay with my, getting my regime on, okay? I don't need no... Uh, I take am- amazing selfies as we speak already, so I don't need any more help. I love them. They love me. And I know you can, like, if you want to play, if you want to play cancel me, cancel me, can't. I don't really give a fuck because you don't know the full story. So kiss my black ass with your tongue out. All right. My selfies <laughs> are amazing, honey. Amazing. Right. And it's flawless. It's flawless. Like, it's don't make me read you for Phil, but I love you anyway. It's flawless. Mm. Give mm. it a space. Huh? Yes, face, baby. I got this good glow going off. Thir- like, I got good 36 glow. All right. You better have a good 36 glow for $300. Oh, yeah, that's good. There's some good, there's some good shea butter. You know, you know, you know this, this, this shea butter is made at, made at the African tears. 
All right for the African tears. And we're moving. Wait, did this bitch just say African tears? So Indian tears weren't good enough? The no, hell? they need to be African tears. They need to be nice and lubricating tears. So your tears are from Zimbabwe. Like in grace, because you know my melody don't glow for nothing. Well, mine glow all the time. I don't have them issues. It's uh, called Good Black Don't Crack. That's what it is over here. Uh, so. I have to rub some good old lotion on there. Yeah. Just get you some Palmers. You'll be all right. <laughs> Hello. So this is just <laughs> jokes. Like, y'all, y'all, this is just jokes. So please do not mistake me. Okay. So our wonderful sister is back in the news. The other day, Monique penned an open letter to Oprah, basically saying to her that she has made her life harder. Sean, I know you have, Sean, I know you got some wonderful thoughts on this. I sure do. Uh Uh-oh. So I actually think that it's a joke for Monique to blame the hardships of her life on Oprah. It's a complete joke. <clears throat> but the story basically is this. She um, pent the open letter, um, and in the letter, she starts to um, talk to, um, it's to Oprah, Oprah, and she starts to talk about how Oprah reprimands, um, white rep- reprimands only black men instead of um, going after her white counterparts as well. That's really the gist of the letter. And at the end, she throws in the jab, um, that um, she throws on this line where she says, I, um, as a young girl, looked up to you. I, I met you and said, I want to be just like you. And you told me that it's going to take a lot of hard, hard work. I just didn't know that you would make my life harder. I think it's a complete joke. That's <laughs> just how I feel. I feel like Monique has done a great job of fucking her career up over the last few, few years. And she has done nothing but play the blame game. I think that she was definitely in the right for calling out the inequities that existed as far as her Netflix deal was concerned. However, comma, once you saw that the very people that you were calling out as your supporters were starting to move on and get their own Netflix deals and, do, and take the road that Netflix suggested that they take and were winning, that was the point where you should have shut up and went ahead and just played the game. In my opinion, I believe that Monique um, has a I've arrived mentality. Um, she feels that certain things are due to her just because she has reached a certain level in her career. I, However, I, I, I agree with you. I, I think that like, you know, she, she has, because she, was that she was becoming the id girl, the id woman in mainstream media. Like she was getting that place where you would see Queen Latifah's at, not as a recording artist level, but far as like acting, modeling, you know, being that plus size beauty, like being a voice in, you know, mainstream culture about being plus size and being African-American. And she, she it fit very when she had the talk show. They were grooming her, like the industry was grooming her. That like she needed to play that game. Like she knows the game is dirty. 
Like, I don't understand how she don't understand that. Like, you, like to play the game. Like, you play the game until you know that you're at a, you're at a place where you can say, speak your mind and make real change and have created enough support behind you that, uh, you know, that you needed to actually do that, like a Gabrielle Union. You know, even though, the, you know, the people go on, on, on whatever, whatever side, Gabrielle Union has developed herself. And when she says something, she has enough validity in the industry that we, like, you believe her. But right now, when, when, when Monique, like, people, people, if you talk about Monique in mainstream, Monique's name is now synonymous with being a complainer. Like, and you, can't, you can't separate the two anymore. She's also, her name is also synonymous with being difficult. Yes. And, because she confirmed all of it. And unnecessarily difficult. I, I've never seen Monique's writer, never worked with her on a set. But there are several people who have, and they all have the same story. You cannot arrive to a set with the attitude that one would expect of Halle Berry, and Halle Berry doesn't even have that attitude. Right, because she understands the game. There's a point of humility in this. Like, you know what? We put up a lot of stuff, but we get a lot of return. We get away with a lot of stuff. We get a lot more liberties than a lot more people do. We make a lot more money than most people do. Like, we make enough money where we can retire at a young age and make money. We can make mailbox money for the rest of our lives. We like a recording artist if we are just a, if we just good at our craft. Like, Sister Tyson, that woman ain't got to work no more. That woman has created a legacy in her name. You know, when you say her name, you know who the hell she is. If she says something, she speaks on something, people are going to listen to her because she has a certain weight and validity in this industry that she developed and, and she put up with. I'm pretty sure she put up on far worse stuff than Miss Monique has in her career. She needs to go sit down and go talk to some of her elders in the industry. It's like, hey, how did you deal with this? I know that I'm a black woman dealing with this in the industry. How did I... Can I, how can I get past this versus how she took the road that she took and created this, this negative name for herself? Exactly. And what spoke volumes to me about her situation, since we're going back to um, the situation um, surrounding Precious and the promotion of Precious, um, what spoke volumes to me was that Mariah Carey was probably like a C actress in that movie. Yeah. Um, she was probably in the movie for a all C. of 20 minutes. Did you say see? Uh, uh, yeah, well, she's in the movie for all of 20 minutes. Like, she was not a principal in that movie at all. But Mariah Carey actually did the press junket. Yep. And I remember the story being Mariah Carey was so stripped down that, that most people couldn't believe that she did the role because of how grand she typically is. Right. But, but I mean, if, if you're a performer, you 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 raise up to the to the task. But, but she understands the industry, though. She understands right. what is required of her to get to where she has gotten to. That's why Mariah Carey can go and walk around saying "Dolly" and be picked up by men and all the all the shenanigans that she goes through because she put up with a lot of shit for her for people to put up with all her shit. Now she earned that in her right. Exactly. And my point in all this was Mariah Carey doesn't have to op open her mouth. At that, at that point, she didn't have to open her mouth again in her life and would still be set. Far more so financially secure than Monique is. But I, if Monique was only paid $50,000, as she keeps saying, to do that role, how much do you think Mariah was paid? Right. Yes, 
she still made sure to be at all of the promotional events <laughs> that she was contracted to be at. Yep. Because Mariah Carey understands the game. But it's not, but see, you got to stop looking at it at that point. When a person has signed a contract and they have fulfilled all of their obligations for their contract and they're on to their next gig and on to that next focus, they can't go sign something else and then all of a sudden you want me to show up and do this and show up and do that when that was not stipulated. I live by a calendar. Everything is on my calendar. My whole world is on my calendar. I can't just up and root and change just because all of a sudden now you want me to do something, but you never asked me. And you knew that there had to be promotion from the beginning. So it wasn't like you didn't know that there was no promotion. And I, I, I disagree with the fact that people keep saying that she's difficult. That only came out because of Lee Daniels. Monique's name was never, never attached to anything difficult before then. She was an exceptional actress. She did what she did. She was funny. Her shows was all of that. And then until Lee Daniels, who is a nobody, comes along, all of a sudden she becomes uh, difficult to work with because the contract that he put her in said this is done after a certain time. And after that time, she was done. Who wants to take their own family on the road across to Europe and have to pay for their family, nanny, and everything else when you have already tried to work on your next gig? So I let me tell you, I have to disagree. A bitch, a bitch who is nominated for an Oscar, uh, for an Academy Award for a film that you were paid fifty thousand dollars to do—that's who does it. And contrary to popular belief, Monique's show was canceled. It was canceled because BET. Got Got tired of her shit and her husband Sydney shit. That's the talk that show. Was, You're talking about the talk that show, was well publicized. The Parkers was the Parkers was a whole different ball game. And talk shows, talk shows come and go. They come and go. She held her own as an actress got, on a, a regular a show. We got, we're gonna have to pull the receipts from some, some some of my contacts that I have in the industry who's worked with her who. When I say when I say difficult, it came from their mouth. Like it's not difficult in the way that you would think, where being belligerent and being in your face kind of uh, kind of difficult. But like questioning people, uh, you know, uh, questioning people in their intentions, you know, and uh, and, and what and uh, behind it, even though they're there for the the sole per the sole positive intentions to help you. And you and like these people have been doing this in the industry longer than you have been in this fucking industry. Like you can't just walk up onto a scene and think you know every fucking thing because you've been in here for all of 20 minutes. Some of those people have been on that been on those sets for 30, 40 years. You just got on this set yesterday. Like I get that she did the Parkers, but that's when she was humble before she realized that she was a spark in the in the atmosphere. And I think that she got that, I think that this was became a culminated thing where like where she's like, okay, I'm a celebrity, therefore I need to, these are rules and regulations on how you treat me. Because when I talk to my friends who have worked with her, I like Monique. I'm a fucking fan. I always wanted this woman to win because I think that she was one of the true plus size beauties that opportunity that just got lost on her because she just got that it factor. She's funny, she has good timing, and she's a serious actress. I think that you know there, there's a there's a culture and a belief system that she subscribes to that gets intrusive into to, to her being being able to do her craft well, and I think that she, I think that's what it really is. I mean, it just it's it's, it's frustrating because when my friends talked about it, I was like, 
like, cause I was defensive too. And it's like, nah, nah, be, nah, be. Like this, like, she, true story, she's like this. Like, she'll come at me and she gets nitpicky. Like, she'll get in your face and talk to you like a mama does. Like, like talk to you like, where you been? Why you doing this? You supposed to be here, been here at five o'clock. It's 503, why you not being here? And she's like, and, and that's the difficult they, uh, like they're talking about. Like that kind of behavior on sets and stuff like that. Like where, like where she just gets in people's faces about little stuff that makes no difference. People are like, we're on a time schedule. We got to go. Get in the chair, Monique. Sit down. No, she want to be a pop-off queen and go and go and get on her Martin Luther King rap. And I'm like, not every, mo not every moment is a moment for you to get on this, this pedestal and run your mouth. Sometimes you got to say, you know what? I'm not feeling this, but I got to make this paper and I got to find a way to speak on this when the time is appropriate and talk to people who've done this right, who've got this right. Because if I want to be taken serious in this industry, I need to know how to do this right because too many people have gotten burned. I get that she's probably gotten burned and pissed off and rubbed the wrong, wrong way. Well, but this can't say she's been the first one to get rubbed the, the wrong way. Like we said, Cecilia Tice has been in this industry for a minute. I'm pretty sure they was, they was calling her the freaking N-word behind her back at earshot. Okay, but so let's go back to the letter at hand. Basically, uh, well, I know basically, everything that she penned in this letter to Oprah is true. So that's why I say we can't go off of what certain people said because Lee Daniels set her up. Everything that she penned in this letter to Oprah was true. Tyler got on there and said that she was right. I, so I, 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 how I, long I, do we I, keep I trying to dog her name because somebody else who was a nobody said that she was difficult? We have to stop using this. We always trying to tear down our own people over some well, foolishness. Nah, let's not go there. When we, we, every time we want to embrace our people, when we, we when people, when they get kicked down, but when they be doing right, we want to kick their ass all the way across the front street, read them for filth like they're on Housewives. Like you know, if they if they good people, they good people. They they bad people, they bad people. Like you know, it it is what it is. Or you just have bad moments. We're all human, and I think that this has just been like I think that with the Lee, with Lee Daniels and Tyler Perry them said. It, like, that is all true. I think that it was just easy to kick her down the road. I think it was easy to kick her, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, throw, uh, throw mud on, on, on her head because they probably heard all the rumors because they, they are dead love because Lee Davis is that kind of gay man who probably sits at the water cooler and gets all the gossip and he became some kind of way and developed some kind of attitude about Monique and felt, it, it felt the freedom to be able to say that kind of foul ass stuff in the industry about her because, truth be told, Homeboy, homegirl is petty as shit. Lee Daniels is Miss Petty. Petty if you nasty. I was just about to say, Lee Daniels got a reputation his own damn self. Exactly, exactly. So he ain't no spring chicken at all. I think that what Monique right. said was completely valid. I think Monique is 100% right, including Oprah. And I love Oprah. I, I wish I could meet her, but she was 100% right about Oprah. Well, you can pay your, you can but pay the fact of the matter is, I think Oprah. her behavior made it, she legitimized her claims. Did legitimize the validity of how she, how her experience was in the industry. She rendered herself ineffective. Yes. Because there's sprinkles of things that they're saying that she's proving to be true. Yeah. I also believe that everything she's saying that was done to her is right. But there is a certain point where you have to acknowledge that you have now become the loudest person in the room. Yes. 
And when you're the loudest person in the room, oftentimes people begin to tune you out and stop listening. And so you mean her reaction was wrong? I think that her initial whistleblowing was right. I I do believe the initial whistleblowing was right. The initial okay. um the initial explanation of what happened to her, all that was fine. But when she began to beat it into everyone's heads after after people started to not really buy what she was saying, be Well, say that one more again. What was that? I missed. I missed that whole. Yeah, I missed that whole part. Okay, I guess it's technical. Technical Can difficulty. You hear me now? Oh, there you are. Yeah. Okay. I said. I believe that's when she. I believe that's when she should have folded. It, and you're gonna fold. So I could pick up what, what, he, what, he was, what he was saying. What he was saying. Like, there's a, there's I'm a, sorry. Go ahead. Difficulties, guys. Um, but I was saying that that is when she should have folded and began to refocus on her career. Because truth be told, she she produced the movie that she put a trailer out that was really good. And it didn't get picked up because she was so busy talk, beating the drum about all this other, this other stuff, which is not nonsense, but it became delegitimized the, the way she went about it every single day, every single week. It was just day, day out. And, like, and it, that's all people was talking about. But she produced a movie what that was... Oh, I forgot the name of it. It was like a church-going thing about about the kid uh, you know, struggling with his sexuality and whatnot. And it was her. She was Blackbird. Was that? That's it. Blackbird. That's it. Blackbird. Yes. Nobody slept on that. That was an amazing movie. We didn't it sleep was. on that. Blackbird did very well at the film festivals and everything. We didn't sleep on that. But when it went to the film festivals, it didn't go to movie theaters where it should have been. Well, a lot of stuff that doesn't make it to the movie theater, so we can't use that as the reason. Because there's a lot of movies that that should make it to the movie. Look at all, look at all the shit that comes out on Netflix now. But, but, the, right. but, the, fact, but the fact of the matter is, like, like she could have, like, even right now, you know, if she would, if, if like, if she if she had a different perception in the industry, Blackbird could have been on Netflix right now. As much much crap they put on Netflix, Blackbird could be right up there because that was good. Like and it was worth it was worth watching because it shows it shows that she's not just a one hit wonder, that she is that she can do more. I think that she did. Yeah, like, a one hit wonder because she back to doing what she's a comedian. At the end of the day, she was a comedian, so she's back to touring uh, and doing what okay. she does. I mean, one hit wonder is an actress movie. Well, like, she, she's not a one hit one as an actress because okay. she had several movies. Okay, I'm talking about in 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 a uh, in a movie that uh, that that won her this award in that in that in that perspective because and I would like to say that Mama does have a Showtime special that's coming on this Friday. She does like, and we can't base everything on awards because Angela Bassett don't have no awards and she's been in every movie known to man. So you can't. <laughs> you hear me playing everybody's mama. <laughs> everybody's, but she got her coin. There are two different calibers of, of segment. 
comedians is not going to, there are some comedians that make what Angela Bassett made, but Angela Bassett has it been an A-list. She's an A-lister. Monique, Monique was not an A-lister. That was she, too different. She was getting there. Like she was getting there. And that was the thing. Like, like the industry wanted her to be there. They wanted her like she was like she was like she really was like she really was viable for 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 the for the industry. She really was because when she got that makeup contract, that was that was major. She, because that was that was I think it was either right before or right after Queen Latifah got her makeup uh, her, her feature ads as a uh, as a plus size woman of color. Only, the only person who ever got that contract was Queen Latifah. And so she like for her to have gotten that was was a big deal, and it wasn't some it wasn't a small black owned company. It was you know it was a major a, a black a black brand you know company that actually put her up, you know put her up there. And I'm just like, I wanted Monique to win so bad because I liked this woman. This woman, I I would love to sit and like when I first saw her on the scene, I, I was like, man, I would love to sit down and have a meal with her and have a conversation because she got depth. There's something to this woman. She got a spark about her. And it was like like something to be learned from her from her stories because you like as you saw impressions this woman has a physical mental psychological story that she puts on the screen that's magic and i'm just like i think that she, like but there's aspects that just you know that 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 muddied the waters for who she is and uh, as a as a as a talent as she is well any well, final thoughts as we progress on, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we can sit here and battle back and forth about Monique um, all night. I think I, I I what's the old saying that people the older people used to say? I think we'll just watch the dust settle and see what happens. Because I'm quite sure Oprah's going to have some type of rebuttal yeah. to say, you know. And I'm quite sure Lee Daniels is going to chime in like the puppet he is, you know. And I wouldn't be surprised if Tyler Perry might give it a little bit of en energy too. So we'll we'll see what happens. My whole thing is this: just like you said, she has a um, comedy special special coming out this weekend. Why not focus on that? Why continue to fuck with these people? Right. Focus on your comedy special. Like just low low key. Just do your thing and and and. Look! Look at look at look at somebody like uh, like um, what's her name? Well, I can't just a false equivalency to be honest with you, but but far as comedians are just concerned, who brought themselves back up from you know being the depths, Kathy Griffin, you know, but as as two female comics, you know, falling from grace, you know, so to speak. I mean, Kathy Griffin did it, can do it, and doing it, and doing it well. Kathy Griff, Griff, Griffin addressed that shit one time. And afterwards, it may come up in an interview, but it's not because she brought it up. And she's been spinning that stuff to, to her benefit and making mad cash off of it. But I'm saying for us, like for us, two female comics who had to claw back up from a, from, from, from a, from, from a couple of darts and you know, a couple of hard punches to their career. Yeah. So... Okay. Well, we, I we mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, Joaquin Phoenix was at the British Academy Film Awards. Bapha! Bapha. And 
he gave an amazing speech. We will make sure that we um, stick the link in there so that you guys can see. And, um, or if you don't, you can Google it if that's what you want to do. If I move too slow to get it in there for you to see it. But he basically is saying the same thing that everybody is saying right now that there's no diversity in, in the film industry. And how long do we have to keep beating this horse? Because we know, <laughs> we know that there's no diversity. So we, we don't, we're going to beat this horse into the damn ground. So my thing on this, and I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this. I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this. For those of you that are unhappy with what's happening, make your own damn way. Produce your own projects. Create your own awards. But wait, they got one. It's called the BET Awards, and they say y'all don't even support that. So ah! They don't. They gave y'all a platform, and y'all won't even go to the the BET Awards. Y'all complain about the Grammys, you complain about the Oscars, but you won't go to the stuff that is for African Americans. And then, didn't we just, uh, maybe, oh look, it's been that long since I watched, was it a little bit longer? Didn't we give an award to a non-African American at the BET Awards? Yes, we did. That's what I thought. So, because y'all wouldn't show up, let's celebrate somebody else. Well, no, it's it's because they gave him they gave him a, a black pass. <laughs> That's what I call it. <laughs> Got a black pass. Well, I like I hear what you're saying, but I also want us to not to be careful to to not devalue what he said because what he said was was actually pretty powerful. Um, this is one of the first times I've heard a white man um, of his status in that type of a venue put the onus on white people to fix the problem. And that's, oh, that, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's not, it's like the biggest lesson that we, you know, that black people try to tell their white counterparts is like, we're not asking you to, to, uh, to explain our experience or justify anything or try to right or wrong. It's for, like, I just need you to listen and then res- uh, respond as an ally to my story to you know, help open the door that's otherwise closed to me and to, to, uh, to your counterparts to, uh, you know, to, to, uh, to, to actually uh, see their own, say it in their voice, saying, hey guys, something is wrong in this industry. Something's wrong with this picture here. And I think it holds more weight than the, than, than the sound of a black man's voice sometimes because sometimes the black man's voice just sounds like another complaint in the room. Exactly, and it also acknowledges that this is not a black problem. This is not a person. This is not the problem of the people of color. This is actually a problem and a symptom of whiteness. Actually, it's an industry problem, right? The industry was therefore majority white, unfortunately. Right. You know, and the thing is that, like, you know, like I I was talking about this uh, about uh, somebody did a posting on Facebook recently. This was like two days ago. They were talking about like you know. you know uh, the the first you know, the, the first like raver parties uh, were done by black people and uh, and it was it was it was uh, it was actually um, 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 the album all the advertisements had white people in them 
They, they had no black people. Party? Ravers. Rave? Oh. Yep. Rave parties. Oh. Dancing in the dark. Um, which that was kind of something you did. You kind of something you did outside in the woods. You have raver parties. You did. You, you dropped a little, little uh, you know, little mushrooms, a little acid, whatever you can get your hands on in the, in the garden. And you saying those were started by by by, by black people? African American, uh, you know, uh, African Americans. Yeah. If you if you look up historically, I can show you. I'll send you some of the uh, some of the posters and the, the article on it. But yeah, it got appropriated by a white culture, and because and and reason and reason being is because. Uh, advertisement was paid for, like you know there was money in that in advertisement and advertisement was most uh, most of the people who had the money were white people so the black communities were mostly trying to survive with their money white people had more money to actually do stuff like promote events and whatnot but and they promote what they see and what they know which is their own so then you know fast forward to now this is what you have in you know in, in the, on a larger scale in Hollywood is that this you know this this uh, this um, um, this pathology was you know of, of you know, people only you know creating stories that reflect the people that's around them. This is what happens. But the bigger the bigger issue is like it's like they like it's almost like they turned a blind eye to how the world world has changed around them. Like you know they you know when they when they say oh time honored tradition and whatnot. It's like are you like are you, there's two different types of nostalgia. You know, out there, it's like willful, willful nostalgia, and then there's um, this, um, this um, uh, we call it nostalgia, and there's willful nostalgia, which is like the the act of actually forcing a situation to fit a current time, time uh, you know, time frame of in, in life. And another one is just enjoying the past of history. And the difference is, one is actually clinically dangerous, and the other one isn't. Okay. Hmm. Interesting. And as you've seen, the clinically dangerous has 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 marginalized and muted and and uh, and kind of put people of color at a, a disadvantage just simply by not doing anything. Well, I agree. The yeah, I totally agree. Uh, okay. Hmm. So, did I go too deep? <laughs> No, no. Actually, I think it's it's appropriate. I think it, this is a conversation that we consistently have on the surface, and yeah. very rarely do we actually examine um, how deep this actual this problem is. It, it's it's a it's a learned pathology. I mean, in, in advertisement, most advertisements was people who reflect who we were. So if you look at advertisement, there wasn't no black people in there except other black people owners putting ads of themselves. But how many black owners were they were they were they in certain time periods, and how much did they money did they have to actually mass produce that advertisement? That's why we have like historic, you know, uh, you know, you know, uh, people in the industry now that are people of color that we celebrate. Because they were able to find money and resources to put, black, you know, people of color on a larger scale, or uh, close to a scale that a white voice, a white culture was able to be. It's a systemic problem, and until the system is willing to innovate and change, we're going to continue to see this. And I just kudos from me to Joaquin Felix for, for Phillips. I'm sorry for. Is it Phoenix or Phillips? Phoenix, I'm sorry. Oh, haha, Joaquin Phoenix for um, being the person that has balls enough to say that we 
as a people, we as white people need to address this systemic issue. And you know what? And she's not the only one. You have people like Ellen Pompeo, you know, who, who's a big, big, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, a voice, uh, uh, an ally for the people of, uh, people of color. And she says the same thing. It's not, it's not a them problem, it's a us problem. You know, it's our, it's our thoughts, it's our minds, it's our actions, it's our vocabulary that, that, uh, that stifles and punishes and discriminates and puts bias against, you know, these people. It's a, it's a, it's a us problem, not a them problem. Okay, for the, the them problem. Interesting. So you guys can check that out. It's on YouTube. It is a great speech. I enjoyed it. And I'm just one of those that think until the African community starts doing their own stuff, not too much of anything is going to change. And I understand that things are changing in the industry, but slowly. At the rate we're going, I was getting ready to say, at the rate we're going, a lot of people are going to be dead before it even changes to get to the point where it's that. And what you guys have to understand is African-Americans spend a lot of money on entertainment. A lot of money on entertainment. You guys don't understand your worth. You don't understand what it is. Girls Trip should have showed it all to you guys when you guys went out there and supported Girls Trip. You guys have made Tyler Perry a billionaire from supporting him from underground. Nobody knew who Tyler Perry was, and y'all bought his plays on the road. Y'all bought the tickets as soon as it went on sale, and you were there. So you have the money to support other people. Get out, produce your own projects. Do your own. Tyler Perry shouldn't have to be the only one showing you how to do this. Well, in, 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 validation from other people, and and you, you know, and, and even before, like people like Paula Perry, you have, you know, even though they've had their skeletons in the closet, but like going like in the music industry with, uh, you know, with with uh, with um, uh, what's his name? Please, guys, help me. Um, rapper, um, uh, ma, 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 ma. Fifty Cent, not Fifty Cent, uh, older than that, uh, Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like. One of the people who, you know, you know, who went from absolutely nothing and just started finding resources to make something out of nothing and came up with a down and dirty hustle and, and just pull other people into, into the game, just constantly pulling people into the game that people who surrounded him that looked like him, that sounded, that, that had a sound that he understood that was, didn't, didn't have a voice. He was helping give a voice. And even before then, you had like Don Cornelius. You know, uh, you know, with uh, with Soul Train, you know, putting black artists, you know, on, you know, on the screen when nobody else, you know, nobody else is giving a damn and not even want to put their voice on screen. You know, you know, that, that was the only place that you had, to, you had to go look for a black artist out. You know, unless you were lucky to get on American Bandstand. Mm-hmm. And I hope I didn't go too old. <laughs> and I know American Bandstand. That's an old. That's an old joint right there. Yeah, the kids don't know what American Bandstand is. They I'm an 80s kid. Some of the 80s kids know American Bandstand. Mm-hmm. I was all about mm. that. I know American Bandstand. Yep. Yeah, I'm yes. a- but Soul Train was the lick, though. So we see, we continue to support um, Joaquin Phoenix. We do. And like I say, you guys just have to step up. Absolutely. The other thing that happened this week, 
I'm like Whoopi Goldberg. The man in the White House gave gave a a State of the Union address the other day, which was more like a reality show award ceremony. Um, He decided that, and this is all presidents do this, they give out a Medal of Freedom. And all presidents have been given this award out over the years. This is not something new. Um, it's presented by the, for the president for the people's contribution, one, to the security or national interests of the United States, two, world peace, three, cultural or other significant, significant public or private endeavors. Honorees are selected by the president or recommended to them by the Distinguished Civilian Service Awards Board. And basically, it's bestowed upon the recipient by the sitting president who has chosen them. It was created by President John, I think it was, I I can't remember that. My brain just went dead. But Donald Dork, the president, the whatever y'all call him, decided to give this award to Rush Limbaugh. And the media went crazy. <laughs> crazy. And I know that Fernando had a serious issue with this, so tell us, Fernando, as I sip my wine. Uh, well, so essentially, you guys know, on the, this, this, uh, this occurred on the cusp of, um, of uh, Donald Trump actually being, uh, being acquitted uh, in, the, in the Senate after being impeached. So this was like the first time he got to actually do a victory lap on tel- live television for a, a broad audience, uh, besides, besides his Twitter. So you know, as 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 you, as you said before, you know, you know, the, he, you know, you know, the history of the uh, the, the the medal of free, uh, freedom. It's it's it has it has some validity to it. I mean, it was it was awarded to some very very very, uh, you know, um, uh, impactful and deserving recipients in the past, like such as the Apollo thirteen crew, the Supreme Court Justice Thurgood Marshall, Ellen DeGeneres, and our uh, you know, as you said, I said before, Miss Oprah Winfrey. Um, so I think that, you know, other people, you know, there's other people who actually made the work, who actually, you know, led positivity and led changed into the, into the, uh, into the industry. And so I am very, you know, I'm very frustrated when I see that they, Give an award to so, to someone who you know who does the polar opposite of what that medal means. And I didn't watch the entire um, 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 uh, thing because I listening to the president sound is like nails on a chalkboard for me. I'm really, really, really do not listen, like listening to uh, stupidity come out a mile a minute. I'm not a fan. I'm just not a fan. However, you know, I can quote some things you know that, that Donald Trump said. Like you know, Trump uh, uh, says that. Uh, that uh, I quote that Rush Limbaugh has had decades of tallest devotion to our country. Well, I don't know what he's devoted to us, but he's devoted something that 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 a base cl- clearly has ascribed to. And 
unfortunately, this 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 medal was uh, was awarded to him by none other than Melania Trump. If you look very closely, you probably see the spray on tan that she enjoys the same way that that her husband does, that orange number nine. Um, so, I really am, you know, as you guys see, I'm not really good, for, you know, good for words with this because I'm more frustrated than anything else that this happened. You know, I think Nancy Pelosi did the best thing that she possibly could, which is rip up the, uh, the actual speech itself. I probably would have done worse. You know, I probably threw it at him, but you know, I, you know, that's me because I'm ratchet as fuck. Um, but just knowing that this man has gotten this and did nothing positive to deserve it is very, very, uh, very, very sad for our country and its history. Very sad. Very, 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 very sad. And he's had some horrible statements. Oh, yeah. Like in 1989, he said the best way to stop HIV was not to ask, do not ask another man to bend over and make make love um, at an exit point. That's what you don't do. That's one of the things he said in 1989. Like he was very concerned about what happens to men and their anuses for some, for some whatever reason. That's all that was. He was mad because didn't nobody want him. But and I, always, I always find it interesting why self-proclaimed heterosexual men find it very fascinating to, uh, to, uh, to, to, uh, to speculate about what two men do in bed. Like what, what is going on in your head that you need to actually speculate what I am doing in the privacy of my own home or in the street? <laughs> so, you know, like not your damn business. Like, like I know how you do it and I don't give a fuck. So why in the world do I need to give a fuck about what me and mine do? So, yeah. That's a little side note tangent about straight men and I don't know what the fuck they is. Their fascination with what the fuck I do with my butt. You can, you can oh. all you want and wonder all you want. <laughs> you'll ne- you'll never I, understand I do that. not care. At the end of the day, I can give a rat's ass. The sad right. part that this award has been given to some great, 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 great people. And when you look at um, just the people that it's been given to, it is really sad that somebody who spews so much hate is put into the category with some of the great, like Lucille Ball was this award. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, there's some really, really people, great people who, who have done, have dedicated their lives to in positively affecting people in this country, good, bad, or different. They they put their lives on the line for you know for both in you know in acting in war and civil duty in and social uh, you know uh, uh, social influencing. You know, some people just really did have that you know have that, but not in the way this person has uh, you know has has contributed to the, uh, you know, to the world and. It wasn't something that enriched us by no means, and 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 the award of uh, this award is about enriching people's lives, not damaging, hindering, or denigrating someone's life. And that's that's just my opinion. And if you look back in yeah. the history, the history of radio, people who have been given the award in radio, the first person was Lowell Thomas in 1977 by President Gerald Ford. Yeah. The next person to get it for radio was Paul Harvey. And that was in 2005 by George W. Bush. And to go all the way to 2020 and you give it to this deplorable man, it is just ridiculous. 
it is ridiculous. How do you put him up with the likes of Tom Brokaw, who got it in 2014 as well? I'm like, how do you do this? How do you even do And The sad part is this fool probably believes that somebody should give him the medal that he should receive, he should receive it because he's done everything right as the president because he's amazing. <laughs> amazing. He has supported the black community, but yet you talked about us and you dogged us and you tw- uh, you was on Twitter and all of this. So it's, I guess that's how you do it. That's how you give somebody a war. So because him and Rush are the same, that's it. I got it now. Because they dog people on the internet and they say all these crazy things. That's why he gave him the award. There it is. I was wondering why. I couldn't get it. It, 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 it didn't come to me. Any thoughts, Sean Lamont? Uh, what can I say about our, our orange president? <laughs> I mean, we, we gotta, we gotta do better. Um, and, and I don't know what it's going to take. I mean, of course I wasn't, I wasn't really surprised that the impeachment didn't happen. That, that was, that wasn't anything. Um, I guess he he felt that he gave us a, a little a little bit of a, a pat on the back when he uh, awarded the Tuskegee Airmen <laughs> in the oh. same 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 time that he did this Rush Limbaugh. You know, I, I I don't know. I mean, Donald is a fucking idiot. What? And unfortunately, I keep on saying that it, this this is just this just shows you what money can buy you. <laughs> that's all it does. It just shows you what money can buy you. If you got, if you got money, you can be the president of the free world. I mean, and unfortunately, we are the fucking laughing stock of the world by all other countries. We, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, they they wait to see what he's going to tweet. They wait to see what he's going to say, and to just know that he is the leader of our country, it's it's just sad. I mean. I don't. I don't know. There, there's. I mean, there's. It's so funny that I used to wonder what is he going to do next. Now I. Now I'm praying he doesn't do anything else. I'm like, just sit there and enjoy your last couple of months. We pray, <laughs> and and that and you're not even. You don't even live at the White House. You refuse to live in the building that the slaves built. <laughs> that that should tell you something about a man. Anyway, he does his work and he leaves. So, that's it. But we're spending a lot of money paying for him everywhere else that he is at. I don't even know. I don't even know how much how much money he has burned, you know, on of our money. That's why some of y'all are gonna still be in them trailer parks. Y'all, I'm sitting here looking at my taxes, and I have gotten. I have my taxes are so low this year. Like my taxes, I'm like I've never made. I've never gotten this low of a return. Yeah. I'm just gonna say this. About our president, and not mine. Well, he's not mine either. But I mean, he's in that office right now. Um, I think the um, and his speech that he gave, um, it was a speech full of trash. (laughs) In the words of the late Aretha Franklin, it was trash. (laughs) Trash. Trash. The speech of trash and Nancy Pelosi did exactly what you do with trash. You rip it up and you throw it out. And you take it out. (laughs) You speak your name, mama, from the grave. (laughs) Oh, my. 
the novena. So, oh, Lord. on another note, there was a situation at a school, and I am kind of confused. I might be, uh, oh my God, where was this at? Um, ah, y'all, I'm really, I, I'm, it's, 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 I'm, I'm slipping. Good wine. Huh? <laughs> Good wine, I might add. Good wine. So wait a minute. We're going to come back to that because I got to find that. So we're going to jump over to this and come to this, and I'll come back to that. So I'm the one who's hot. <laughs> Billie Eilish, who took oh, us, God. who sweeped the Grammys this year, did <laughs> an interview uh, for Vogue while having a wonderful conversation with Vogue. And these were her words that has the hip-hop community in an uproar. Just because the story isn't real doesn't mean it can't be important. There's a difference between lying in a song and writing a song. There are tons of songs where people are just lying. There's a lot of that in rap right now. From people that I know who rap, it's like, I got my AK-47 and I'm fu I'm fucking. And I'm like, what? You don't have a gun? And all my bitches, I'm like, which bitches? That's posturing. And that's not what I'm doing. The hip-hop community did not receive this well. As they shouldn't. And mother, child, whoever you are with your green hair, just because, unfortunately, you won at the Grammys for an uh, uh, album about depression. Depression. Because that's what you said you wrote in your mama's house because you still stay at home with your parents. You wrote about depression. Don't knock hip-hop because you know nothing about it. You have no ground, no room, no nothing to say anything. Stay in your lane. Because I really feel you're gonna be a one-hit wonder. Oops, y'all can have it. I mean, my that's like saying get out, get away, whitey. That's what that sounded like. Stay, I stay mean, in the white lane, and we'll stay in our black lane. I mean, what what do you say? I mean, let's that's let's just do the like. list. She she won five damn Grammys. She won New Artist of the Year, Song of the Year, Album of the Year record of the year and then pop vocal album of the year i mean you know and and it's a stigma that if you win new artists your career goes do, 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 after that so it's 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 been in history forever so i mean you know we're just we're gonna let her enjoy the limelight um as you said and as they said on stage we wrote an album about getting over depression and you know, how we can get past our, you know, our situations. We live in our mama's house and all this other stuff or what have you. And, and we just want to encourage. Now, I mean, their little, their little speech for the second award <laughs> was really good and really genuine. You know, when they said that, you know, they, they want to encourage people that are doing the same thing and, and you know, and, and you, you, can, you too can be here, you know. And then, then when they won record of the year, they got up there and said, thanks and walked off. I mean, what the hell? It's like the biggest award of the Grammys. But with her trying to downgrade hip hop, I mean, come on, for real. I mean, number one, you're, you're not an artist artist. 
I mean, a lot of her stuff is like overtoned and all the above. And yeah, you know, I, I don't even know. I don't what know. So I, nobody does. Nobody does. I mean, and and the, and the funny thing is, I listened to after she won the damn Grammy. <laughs> honestly, I listened to the project. You know, it, it it is what it is. I mean, I don't hear a Grammy award winning project. I just hear another little project. You know that any underground artist could have recorded and put out, but you know, uh, it is what it is, and um, we're gonna let her enjoy her little spotlight. But tread lightly, bitch, because your hair can be changed <laughs> and you can disappear. <laughs> Period. It'll be red, yeah. honey. Yellow. <laughs> Don't have to be green. Fernando, you looking like uh, you stuck? Ooh, that was a lot to follow. I'm gonna be the. I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna be the popular bitch in this group. Uh oh, I'm just not gonna be popular today because I actually agreed with her about this, and this is why. Because I think she was referring to current, a lot of current rap, which I call throwaway music, a lot of trap music, a lot of you know, a lot of music that's just been that's just fly by night music that it's just kind of it's just piling about a second. Like not every freaking song is going to be the best. I mean, hell, we down, we downplay our own people. Like we like you know, Megan Thee Stallion just got on the on the scene. They like look at that bitch. She with a white boy. I'm like, damn, can the bitch breathe and, and suck a white dick for for a second and be happy? Like, God damn it. Like, she can't, like, like what she got to, she got to be a, a black, she got to be a black stereotype with the big booty with a mandingo man uh, that, that plays football. Like, what the fuck is this about? But the thing is, like, uh, yeah, I think there's a level of posturing that goes with a lot of music. And I think that, but I think nowadays, I think there is so a lot of, you know, a lot of music is, is, is produced under hit machines. And so there's a lot of keywords, a lot of what nice that sounds like rap. That makes it make it just makes it more validified. I mean, we make movies and TV shows about people who make up make up a rap you know make up a rap lifestyle, but they don't really they're not really in the rap lifestyle. I was just watching a TV show called FBI on CBS that was they had a, t- a, a literally episode for exactly that. They put one of those fake rappers, you know, I call him a fake rapper because it's like yeah, I know, like real rappers to me is like Ice T, Ice Cube. And some of these other ones, and even even some of the newer ones that have some real genuine clout, who genuinely write and produce their own shit, and burn it in the fucking studio. Not some of these fly by nights that come up with a bunch of fly ass keywords that they can get through their Instagram. And that's the, I think that's what she was referring to. And I mean, you know, just because she's not been in the game for long, you know bullshit when you hear it. I mean, these like this is a different time period where these are not the white kids of. I'm going to listen to the Beach Boys kind of white kids. These white kids are listening to everything and they have an opinion about everything. Because once upon a time, we said the same, the same thing about Eminem and Eminem has validified himself in the industry. And so, you know, I think that just because she hasn't been there around, been around for a very long time, you know, maybe, maybe she, she they won a lot of those awards, but a lot, a lot of those awards came from people like me. Like I'm pretty sure that I'm, I'm pretty sure I ran across her, her, uh, her, her, uh, her audio track when I was coming to put commercials together. This is how they get popular. We put them in commercials, and she, her, her song, her little ditty, was in every other commercial for the past two years so far. And that's what uh, that's what adds to the award factor too. Is that how many times it's been published? How many times it's been out? 
And sometimes people have, sometimes it's just that fucking song that works. Doesn't make them any better than the other, but it just says that it's, they just, their song outperformed. Nowadays, it's just performance driven. Like, you know, because the Beehive come out to me, so the fuck what? Beyonce has some, some, has some fucking songs too that wasn't popping like that, but they, but it still gave her validity in the industry. But if you go, li- if you don't listen to talk old- about Beyonce, don't you talk about Beyonce? There's some, there's some, so- there's some songs where you just like, did she just throw this out there just to throw? Because she didn't write her own music, and and Beyonce would tell you this herself. She recorded like the last time she did Lemonade, she recorded over eighty something songs already pre-sung that she pre-sung already, and she laced the tracks together and made an album. Like, like she literally is machine running these songs. So I'm not going after the Beehive because I'm not taking anything away from Beyonce because she's an amazing artist, but it's about performance. It's about how well you can put the, compose something. And nowadays, it's about how well there's a performance industry. How many times is it going to be picked up in an ad? How many times is it going to be in a jingle? How many times is it going to be in that commercial, that movie, that soundtrack, or whatever? And I think that she's just lucked up to be that girl at the moment. His name is Fernando. Yeah. Don't be in my inbox talking shit to me, Beehive. Oh, baby, if you want to be part of the Cry Baby culture, that's right, you know, Beehive. Direct your your anger to him. Don't come to us. Like, if you want, if you want, like, because I'm pretty sure if Beyonce heard this in the Equal Sphere, she'd say, "You damn right, it's about performance." And some of those songs, it was I, right, and I had to fill a track up. But that's the fact of life. If anybody in the industry would tell you the Eat You Hollywood story, like if you go through a producer and whatnot, you you pick out songs for yourself. Songs for your producer and song and songs for your mama, and you call it a day, and that's how your album gets built. You get you get a couple tracks that's gonna be a winner, and that's what the producer wants because they want some songs that make money, because you got a, you got a contract to fulfill, and you pick out some songs that feel near and true to you, and you pick out some songs that's gonna make your mama happy, and you keep it fucking moving. So, Don, you have I, any thoughts as we're moving on? Oh yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on this. So I, like Fernando, um, actually agreed with her. And I um, really think this is a classic example of white and black because if Queen Latifah said the same thing, we'd be taking this as gospel. We'd be like, "Uh uh-huh, you're right. And let me give you an example of a song. It says... Let me tell you about a hater from around my hood. Kept trying to bitch like my pussy ain't good. See, this bitch ain't like me and I don't know why, but I'm gonna give her a reason when I take her eye. You don't want smoke, baby. Please believe me, because I'm that bitch and your nigga looking easy. Touch me, taste me, fuck me, squeeze me. Once you do that, he'll never leave me. Fuck you and the rest of your crew, because I'll take your nigga and I'll keep mine too. Okay, so this song is basically about. Uh, wait. Taking someone else's guy. Wait. Hold on. Who was that by? Let's give them their credit. Oh, this is City Girls. Oh, okay. So should we credit the folks? This that's City Girls. Now, this is a song oh, that's yeah. basically yeah. about taking someone's man um, to prove a point to them. Because the name of the song is "I'll Take Your Man." Now, it's a very popular song, but. If you follow the city girls, you know both of them are in relationships and are crazy about who they're dating. And this is a scenario that they probably would not be in. It's just, a, it was a good con- concept for a song, which proves Billy Eilish's point. Some people write a story, which is great. And that's what most songwriters do. Any good songwriter is pulling from 
different aspects of life. It may not be true to them, but it may be true to somebody else. Um, Based on a true story, just like a movie. The, the example that she gave was how many of these rappers really have AKs? She, speaking specifically about guns, how many of these rappers really have AKs? A lot of these rappers that I know, uh, this, is, this is what Billy was saying, a lot of the rappers that she know are actually the sweetest people and do not have a gun at all. But they rap about it and they put it in their music. So she's not actually telling a story. She's telling the damn truth. We just don't like the person who's telling us that because yeah. it's in the form of a 17-year-old white girl with green hair and baggy-ass Gucci clothes. Yeah. That's fake, by the way. But, because um, Gucci don't make that. Have but, you smelled Billy? How you know she's thinking? <laughs> no, no, no. I said baggy-ass Gucci clothes. That's, that's no. fake because Gucci oh, that's fake. That. F-A-K-E. Yeah. But, well, do you um, know her clothes are fake? How well, you know she wasn't supplied by Gucci? Well, you know what? Amen for exclusive shit, but it looks very off the rack to me. And um, again, Gucci just doesn't make that. But her point was that rappers lie. It is the truth. We Songwriters lie. Shut up. They lie. <laughs> Movie writers rock. Even even true stories on t- true story movies are embellished to be to be more popularized so they can sell more tickets. You know what? And then and then singers lie. Like for instance, when Whitney Houston sang the absolute shit out of "I Will Always Love You, Love You," was she truly in love at that point? Of course not. No, she interpreted it. Mm-hmm. She was able to evoke an emotion for a song in a space of life, and she probably pulled on different areas though. of life. She was in love. She was in love with her audience, and she told us she will always love us. All right. So what about it's really? not right, but it's okay? Really? You're going you to go there. I'm going to go there, yes. I'm going to go there. I'm your baby tonight. Who is she talking about fucking? Because that's exactly what that song's about. Why do you have to make it so vulgar? Because I'm I'm trying to drive this point. The people at home did not take that song that way. It just said, I'm yours, baby, tonight. Okay, well, then we'll go to to Evelyn Champagne King, Love Come Down, which is about getting wet. So... Was she really getting wet, or is she just talking yeah, about yeah. experience? Yes, she was. Handle that one. There was a bucket and a towel in the studio when she recorded the song. <laughs> <laughs> you have to ask the resident sexologist about that one because I don't know nothing about well, that. Well, no, 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 because it's not. He would have to be be there to answer that question. But what I'm saying is that the these are songs that are based on concept, which in in and of itself is a lie <laughs> because I'm not living this concept, but it's a cute one and I can identify with it. I'm sure rappers can identify with one to get an AK, AK and shoot a nigga up, but do, will they do, the, do that? Absolutely not. Why? Because I like my life. I like living in my gated community and I'm going to drive my Bentley and my Rolls Royce in peace. That is why <laughs> they are not going to do that. Exactly. They go into darkness like Lil Wayne. Well, I'm living my best life. And I, 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 I ain't going back and forth with you niggas. I ain't going back and forth with you niggas. 
because I'm living my best life with my Canada Dry ginger ale. <laughs> you better go ahead. <laughs> and Funyuns. And Funyuns. <laughs> okay. So, as you know... But we as a P people have to get out of this. We... We, we, I understand that we're living in a time where we're even more outspoken than we were before uh, surrounding issues of racial inequity and inequality, but we cannot begin to jump at anything just because we don't like what's being said. Sometimes it's the damn truth, and this is the fucking truth. Sorry, a 17-year-old white girl with green hair just told y'all, Y'all, y'all niggas lie. It's good music, but y'all lie. It's it's about it's about as truthful as why men sag their sag their damn pants. Ain't none of them been to prison, but they sag their pants like they did because that's what scares oh, no. me from this prison. It's a whole bunch of them in the prison. Well, a whole lot of been been a, been a prison, but not it all. May of them. not have been for hard drugs like our black counterparts, but they've been to prison. Like, I'm, like some of my cousins, they ain't never been in no damn prison. They be sagging their pants like like they got like they got a damn problem. I say, do you know where they came from and where that's originated from? If you knew, you would know not to do that. That means that you're ready to give your booty up. Available. Oh, yeah. That's what and it, and as, as y'all as y'all saw on the on the on the video that I provided, they do get it in prison. Of course they do. They get I it. Can't, I can't. The audience don't know. But we they don't dish. Uh oh, wait a minute. That one video though, that dude douched. Oh my god, we're not going there. I don't know how he did it, but oh we're he wasn't even that pretty. Yeah, he had church. a booty on him though. And the church said amen. Amen. That's exactly what he said. Oh God. So <laughs> my previous story that I could not remember, I was discombobulated. The wine was getting to me. So there was, and you know, let me tell y'all something. You people who uh, have these uh, these damn things, y'all, the news. So there was a school meeting about diversity in the Saline area schools in Michigan. And so while one parent who was up giving a story about his child and his experiences at the school. Oh my God. I, I, I would just, when I watched this video, I was in utter shock. A parent behind him makes this statement. Then why didn't you stay in Mexico? So when you watch the video and the parent is giving this story about his child crying at home because there happens to be some racial racial situations going on at the school and this meeting was to talk about the racial situations that are going on about stuff that's happening on social media i don't understand how you thought it was all right for you to tell an immigrant then why didn't you stay in mexico this, I, I don't get that. But then when you look at it on the other hand, the dork that sits in the White House says, make America great by any means necessary. We're going to make it great again. And he says whatever. And if he can say whatever, and just like when, the, when they were having those protests down there and the, I think they were talking 
Aryan nation or they were the Ku Klux Klan. He said they were good people. Didn't he? he yes, they, they were. <laughs> they were good people. So, good people. The good honey. people over here at the fellas' point of view think y'all all stupid. Honey, <laughs> God himself would have had to come into that room to keep me from whooping that man's <laughs> ass. At that, I watched this video, and I one I do commend the man for responding the way that he did. However, I do not, I would not have faulted him had he responded the way I would. I, uh, his comment was absolutely unnecessary. It was great to see white people turn around in shock and horror um, and really, uh, really, really upset at what he said. However, comma. I'm still in shock, I'm clutching my pearls. I can't believe that man was able to walk out of there. Because wow. God himself would have to have stopped my hand from going upside that man's head. You're so violent. There would have been a pause. Oh no, I'm I mean, I'm not violent, but there's a button that you can press and that is one. Oh yeah, he should first. That button. <laughs> you gonna first I'm giving you a story about my child and then you gonna embarrass me in front of all these people talking about why didn't you go back to uh, Mexico? Because I'm here to whoop your ass. That's why I didn't go. Well Well, well, well. Mm. At, I'm gonna let you know that your president has just allowed you to write a check that your ass is not gonna be able to cash. Bam, 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 bam. And mm -hmm. it's not that I just condone a whole lot of violence and stuff, but there's just certain things that I just have zero tolerance for, and that is one. There, yeah. If it was me, there would have been a pause, and somebody would have had to snatch me. Fernando would have snatched you. He got a snatch body. He could bring you back. I think Fernando may, may have let me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, no, there there wouldn't have been no snatching back from there. Matter of fact, Fernando would have helped you. Shit. I would have helped your ass because I, it would have been a reflexive move just to say nothing and then just walk. One good time. Just get what I mean, everything in me, but honestly, I think that they made the semi human response. Besides violence, you know, and I, I think that they made the, 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 the man who stood up and talked made some very valid points about, you know, this is exactly what we hear, hear about is to talk about this kind of, this kind of behavior, like you're perpetuating it. The scary part is that he is a father who's probably teaching that to their children, his, his children. And the thing is, his children are being aware of this kind of environment. And they'll look at his daddy and say, this is not what I believe in. And actually, um, uh, on Twitter, um, the son actually did go uh, also on Facebook, went out and said, my dad's views do not express the views of me. Because he's like, uh-uh, I'm not in this. My dad does not. Like, kids know better than their parents. Because parents grew up in a certain time period where they think that it is okay to give themselves permission to speak and behave and show up in that way. And, it's, and, and the thing is that, like, this was a great response to say this is not acceptable. Now, the ratchet of me would have been like, you know what, I'm going to tell you it's not acceptable with this fist all up in your face and all up in, uh, and all up in your body because I'm going to give you these hands real quick so you can go home and remember every single lump 
that you got on your body and it's like, okay, this is not a good idea. Okay, out, out, and out. I'm going to go to bed sore, but I'm going to remember this ass whooping that I got because this was not a good response. Just in my head, that felt a little bit better because mm-hmm. really right now, it would have been a whole other Trina in Walmart situation. It was, the Trina in the Walmart situation. It sure would have. But I appreciate that they took the high road because it's what I would want to do to take the high road and really just get in this face about that. It's like, what gave you permission to think you could say something like that? Who gave you permission to speak like that? I would love to get that on camera. And it's like, who gave you permission to speak that way? Who, where in, where in your life, in your vernacular, in your life's path, your pathology, did you give yourself permission to ask such a question that you knew was going to evoke this kind of feeling? Where in your life did you give yourself permission? Because I would love to know. I would ask those things of people. I would probably ask him <laughs> who in his child, childhood failed, failed him and hurt him to the point to where he felt as if. He needed to exalt himself above someone who he clearly is not. Mm. My God, what are your thoughts, Lamont? Are you fighting with the boys too? Well, I'm. Hey, I, I'm the one who's holding their feet while they beating the shit out of them. <laughs> Y'all I mean, so violent. <laughs> because I mean, that that would be that would be just like him saying, "Go back to Africa." I mean, yeah. think about it. It's just another country. I mean, uh. Uh-uh. No, no. And, the, and um, again, it stems from the head. It stems yeah. from the head of this country. I mean, and it gave you he's a racist, we know he's a racist, and it just go, trickles on down to everybody. Uh, let's make America great again. Okay, let's keep America great. That's, that's, his, that's his new, what you call it. <laughs> you know, and what, um, what was good to see in, the, in that video was white people actually responding. They were oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> responding to it. Now they were kind of shocked. Like it, it almost, it could, some of them sound like they want to cry. But um, mother clutched her pearls. She sure and did. She woman turned around and said, "Get out of here." Sure did. And it was good to see white people hold hold him accountable. How, however, the person that confused me the most was the brother that stood up. Why? Did he confuse you? Because as Lamont said, that's the equivalent to saying, go back to Africa. If you will tell a Mexican or a Latin, a Latino or Latinx person, that's the politically correct term right now, a Latinx person, if if you will have the balls enough to ask them why they didn't stay in Mexico when you don't even know if they're Mexican or not, you will have the balls enough to tell me why didn't I stay in Africa? You will also have the balls enough to say something sideways to me. I um, <clears throat> Lat- Lat- Latinx pe- people traditionally are people who just want to assimilate. They don't really buck up against the system. They're really quiet. And you have to really organize them in order to get them to um, really push towards making a change because or fighting for a change because most of them just want to live peacefully. Don't we all want to live peacefully? Yeah, Not our black asses. Some don't. Some people want to be loud and ratchet and all up in your face. Right, our black up. asses are very outspoken. 
the Bible and he's still. <laughs> we look good doing it sometimes, though. We are very outspoken, and a lot of people do not like that about African Americans. It's actually become part of the stereotype of African Americans. Yeah, uh, she's so loud. She's very opinionated. Oh no, bitch! You just don't like what I have to say and how I'm saying it. Like, you sound like you're both. You're so boastful. Why are you so bo- like? What you, you you just sound like you're you, you you talk so highly of yourself because I'm fucking proud, bitch. Why are you so loud? Why are you so loud? Because I am confident in the words I is coming out my mouth. Well, you know the other way it manifests itself is he's aggressive. She was aggressive in the way of talking to me. We know you're aggressive. We already know that. Oh, no. I'm not talking about physically aggressive. I'm talking about... um, Aggressive verbally. Yes, we know you are. Well, I'm more so speaking about the terms that white people use um, for us as far as stereotypes are are, are concerned. Y'all see, he just said he knew I was coming for his ass. A black woman (laughs) speaks up in a meeting and says something um, to debunk what a white lady is saying, I I have personally seen the white lady turn around and say the lady was being aggressive in her tone. All right, for being aggressive. You kissed my entire aggressive ass with your tongue out. So, the ladies on The Real talked about this. (laughs) And if those of you that don't know what the real is, this the show that comes on that you ratchet people will know Tamar Braxton used to be on. So if I say that, you mark what what you call them? You Tamartians. And mm-hmm. I don't care about y'all being in my inbox. I don't care. She was ratchet. That's why they got rid of her because she was ratchet. But this show that she was on, um, they had this discussion with their new co-host, Amanda Seals. And you can check this out on YouTube. The video will be there, and I'll stick it in our thing if you want to click that way. You guys saw the video. What do y'all think? I believe that Amanda Seals puts her foot on their necks as far as race relations are concerned, especially when it comes to the Black experience and the experience of people of, people of color. She stands for um, equality and equity. She, uh, and it's a level of standing that um, has not been present on this show. And they're having a hard time with it. Clearly, you can see on the show, like they're stumbling over themselves to try to justify their comments, which I don't think they're used to doing that. Like they are on their heels with her. Like she's like, okay, but you need to, you need to, like, if you want to make that comment, then you need to back it up with something. Yep. You need to like, be accountable for your words. And that's what I think what Amanda Seal is doing right now for those women because they were all over the place, just stumbling. Like, but at least they came together. I was like, see, y'all so used to having that kind of easy conversation that that's the reason why nobody watched you in the first place. But Amanda Seal is going to bring them back to the table. Okay. And w- what I love about Amanda Seals and Lonnie Love's dynamic, um, is Lonnie Love, I sat back and I was watch, I watched a lot of their clips today. Um, and Lonnie Love actually um, addressed it in one of the clips. Um, she was saying, I love Amanda. Amanda and I are wonderful. We get com- comments about 
whether I'm coming for her or not, they play off of each other. Yep, rifting. Lonnie Love will throw something out there to be the devil's advocate just to get Amanda's response. Yep. Um, and what we're seeing on the show, which is interesting to me, um, you see two very highly educated Black women on a panel of people who are not as educated. And <laughs> so if these, when they get into race relations, um, you have Amanda, who's the HBCU alum. You have Lonnie, who's the ex, um, who's the ex-engineer, who turned, turned comedian, having this conversation on this high level. And you see the other host scrambling to try to catch up. Mm. Lonnie Love was a, uh, an engineer? Yep, she's an engineer for HP. She left to do comedy. Yeah, to pursue her life in comedy. Yep. You knew that. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I, I thought it was an interesting read when I looked at her because, like, this girl has got, like, she, because when she get her, her comments are very detailed. And that's what I was like. She, she didn't know this girl got some education behind her. Like, she's funny and she talk in her own dialect, but real shit. All day. She ain't young. Sorry, Lonnie. I thought you were young. Uh oh. Mm-mm. No, and, mama, yeah. If you listen to their, yeah. if you listen to their com- their, their conversation e- even before Amanda got on, um, um, Lon- Lonnie Love always addressed things from a different lens. Yeah. Than the rest of the panel, and the rest of the pa- panel, um, they were always trying to catch catch up. But I think what's changed since Amanda has joined. Amanda doesn't have that relationship that Lonnie Love has with the rest of the panel, so Amanda does not mind going there. Yeah, with them, whereas Lonnie will ease up because she knows that she can easily talk over their head. Yeah, and Amanda seems like nah, 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 nah. Y'all gonna get y'all y'all coming to the table today? Wow, I did not know that. That the more you know, the more you know. I didn't know Lonnie Love before she got on the reel. So I apologize for those of you at home that knew who she was. I used to watch her on Def Comedy Jam. Yeah. She was on Def Comedy Jam? Yep. Yep. Oh, so I missed that. I watched that. I remember. Wasn't that, wasn't Martin Lawrence the host of that? Uh, yes. And she was also on Common View. Wait, y'all gave me that silent for a moment. I was like, did I say the wrong show? Because it got uh-huh. silent. No, because c- uh, it was, there was BET, Deaf Comedy Jam, and then uh, B- there was, no, sorry, HBO, co- uh, Deaf Comedy Jam, and then there was BET Comic View with, uh, with Ronaldo Ray. Oh, see, yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't uh-huh. know that she was on there. And yeah, it says that she graduated from Prairie View AM- AME. Go ahead, Lonnie Love. You better have some education to back she up. Does. Yeah, I mean, I, ne- I never counted a lot of love out. I thought that she was, I was right there with Sean. Like, I think she's always held herself back from having those substantive conversations because it was, it, like, it would show, it would really show her uh, her co host up. And her co hosts were like, their conversations were very topical. They didn't get beneath the, beneath the surface. And I think that now that Lonnie has somebody else to actually articulate that with her, I think she's going to get a lot more comfortable with being able to get in those substantive conversations that that show needs. Yep, and you saw it when they were discussing this story. Um, towards the end of part two of the video, 
Um, okay, Amanda presses Tam Tamara on her Tamara. I'm sorry, I keep calling her Tamara. Um, Tamara on her comment. Tamara made the com comment earlier in part one that she's yeah. glad that they resolved it in a calm manner. In a calm manner. And in part two, Amanda asked her, well, why do you, why are you glad that they were calm? And right. they responded to this. This is blatant racism. And she actually forces Tamara to um, articulate why she's glad. Um, which for Tamara goes back to a stereotype. How, however, Amanda's position is, and Lonnie Love has the same, the same position. Um, her position is, why is it as people of color, do we need to consistently make spaces for white people to explore their racism? Right, exactly. Do you know right. the emotional the energy yeah. that it takes to do that? You can do it in a calm manner. You can do it in a calm manner. We tend to go left and get all hostile and shit, but you can do it in a calm manner. You can, you can. You can, but I guess, the, when, I guess the way when it's addressed that way, it sounds as if having a very natural reaction to being disrespected is a wrong thing. And here's the thing. The, 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 the piece is, the one who did take it a notch up was the the black parent, and it wasn't directed at him. It was directed at the other at the other the 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 Mexican man. It was directed at him, Ariola or something. I can't remember how I pronounce it. He proceeded to keep going. Yeah, so and it, it was directed at him, but the other uh, the African American man stood up in defense of him, and he was calm as well he was and i commend him don't always have to go not give it a swing i commend him for being calm because as i stood up i would have dared him to stand up with me but i would knock you right back to england bitch i would knock you back to i would knock you back to the womb oh lord y'all are so violent here we go so violent. Like, let me tell. Like, y'all want to hear a little scientific, little scientific realness? If y'all want to talk about racism, and I tell this all the time to people, I said, you know what? And this is this is I'm, I, this is not coming off as racist. It's gonna sound, but I, it's like you know, when white people are like this is our country. I was like, baby, you wonder why you burn in the sun and we don't we don't burn as fast in the sun like you do? It's because our bodies was built for this climate, and yours is not. So that means so you so you have to wonder did God really want you to be here in the first place? Since you burn and I don't. Oh, Jesus. So maybe God is trying to tell you something. You should go back to where you came from. God is trying to tell you something. Maybe, maybe, when, maybe when you're looking like a big chicken in the sun, and while I'm looking like I'm looking like I'm a, I'm, look, I'm looking brown as can be uh, in my in the hot sun. Maybe God is trying to tell you, oh, wow, bitch, you, uh, like melanoma is burning your ass. Maybe you should go back to somewhere that don't have enough sun for you. Right now, right now, right now. Right now. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I'm not trying to say that to be a racist MF because I like my white counterparts and I have a whole history of saying I ain't got to justify shit for shit for nobody. Like, wait, so wait, sidebar, I'm gonna need y'all to get y'all notes right because Lamont, didn't you sing on that project? Uh, yes, sir, <laughs> with Andre Crouch. 
I'm gonna need y'all to get y'all notes together because the, one of the actual singers is here. God I'm is gonna need to you. y'all to get I, y'all. I, I, I dare not say anything. God <laughs> is trying to get y'all y'all notes. Together. My work speaks for itself. <laughs> you know what, Lamar? I'd be upset because he just dated you. Uh, hey, you can date me all you want to. I was every bit of fourteen when that song was recorded, so you can date me all you want to for that Grammy award-winning project. Ah, thank you. Grammy award-winning project. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Actually, I don't even believe I was born when that movie was done. Oh, he tried it. He tried it. I was born in '83. I was. I'm not trying it. Actually, I actually was was looking it up. Yeah, look it up. Look it up. Damn it. Oh yeah, because I was because eighty three. When did it come out? Eighty. I don't remember when it came out. The book came out in eighty two, and the movie was eighty five. Okay, yeah, I was. If it was before May of eighty five, I wasn't born, but I was gestating. It was. It, it was December eighteenth. 1985. Yeah, okay, that was, was six too, months. I was too little, but I remember watching it for the first time and didn't understand none of it until I got older. It's always I, been my favorite film. My, me um, too. I know the word. I think most most black people of a certain particular age know the words the color purple. Mm-hmm. That in the five heartbeats. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a line that somebody remembers. It's gonna rain on your head. Uh-huh. Right. Right, y'all better know that. You told Hopper to beat me. You're sitting there. You're sitting. You're, you're doing. What a living legend. He's a living legend, Professor Lamont Bradley. So and happy I, to be here. Thank you. I totally. <laughs> I totally want you to know. I was 33 when I found out that After Seven was the voice, was the band. I'm sorry for um, the Five Heart Heartbeats. I really thought they were singing live. Don't say Don't you that the last time you say that, you hear me? Did you really just say that? It's the truth. All them actors can sound like that, baby. Right. <laughs> I believe in you. I believe in you. So did right. you think Margaret Margaret Avery was singing? Um so yes. You gotta remember. You gotta remember. This movie was played over and over and over and over again throughout my childhood, and um, it. I really thought that she was singing until I met. Um, it's not Vesta Lord. What is her name? Hayda Vega. Yes, her. I met Tata Vega. Tata Vega. Yeah. You know what I mean. You know what I met her. So I met her, and then someone told me. Like, I'm texting that voice. Ada Vega. I met her, and someone told me, "You know, that's the voice for color purple for the color pur- purple." And I listened to her sing. I was like, "Oh God, it really is." Y'all know I was I'm in my twenties at that point. I'm not good with names, so she's a Puerto Rican woman. <laughs> please do not charge to be just be upset with me. Y'all know me and names do not go good, but I know who you are, Tata. I know who you are. Yes, I know who you are. Ada. <laughs> I, I will bunch up your name. I will mess up your name. Trust me. I will clobber it. 
I he messes my mind. He's been knowing me for damn near 30 years. So. <laughs> hey, I will get it wrong. Lemon Bailey. That's who I was, too. <laughs> yes, he was Lemont. Come here, Lemont. Lemont. Bailey. Lemont. Lemont. So, um, we had a discussion for tonight, but I'm going to postpone our discussion because we're right almost at our two-hour mark. Oh, wow. Good show. Um, we are Great show. at our two-hour mark, so I don't want to take us too much over because I'm really trying to get us to the point that we reach our two-hour mark and we ride the glory on it. Because we know that you guys have so many other podcasts that you can listen to out there. There are so many. And we appreciate you for taking the time to listen to us and sharing this podcast and giving us a five on Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on iHeart, follow us on iHeart. Fernando, tell the people what's going on in your world. We we ain't caught up in a while as we exit out. Let's see what's going on with the fellas. Oh, well, okay. So man on my TV. My 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 um my World hasn't been very interesting, rather. I've been doing a lot of uh, personal projects. I'm, I'm ramping up to uh, start my own show because somebody put it into the universe. And I think, it, I think when somebody puts something into the universe, you should check it. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I am working on that diligently. And I'm going to start recording uh, as soon as March. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to go out and do it. I, I had, I had a, all these ideas about how I'm going to produce it. And I'm just gonna just start doing it, and then go from there, and see and see what they flourish. Because I've gotten a lot, a lot of right signals to go go in this direction. So I'm gonna do. I'm putting energy behind that. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, I'm starting to bodybuild now. So I'm, I, you know, I've already gotten healthy in my life. So I want to try something different and bodybuild. You know, I not do it professionally, but just you know, create. create Hell, I'm 36 years old. Create the shape that I want. This is this is not about doing it for anybody else but myself. Like. I still find myself attractive, and guys find me attractive, and I ain't got no problems. What pulling. really? I ain't got no problems pulling a man. So most, most a lot of this, problems. a lot of this is for me. A lot, a lot of my body, body right now is my own attraction, my own appeal, my own personal one. It has nothing to do with my desire to obtain anyone for anything uh, for for any one moment. Because we know you snatched, we know because you. I got, I, I have my ta- my tastes are so broad when it comes to men that if I try to create a body that matches the man that I want, then I would be that kind of basic bitch, and I'm no baddest basic bitch. Not baddie basic, and I'm greedy. So this body is for me and me only. This is for me and me only kind of thing. So yeah, I'm doing a lot of me projects right now. Uh, I'm redecorating my house. I'm uh, you know, so that's gonna be really interesting. I came with you guys to come up. And see the house once it's done and all you know decked out with new stuff. I have some new furniture coming in and yada yada yada. So I'm very blessed to be able to get some of that and some uh, 2020 stuff going. So um, yeah, as far as sexually, um, most of it has been in my project, like putting that energy into that. Like I've had enough sex to last me a long ass time, y'all. And I'm, I, I still have it, and I and I still have it on the regular. But I'm going to put it into my work so you guys can see a full scope of why I am as, about as open as I can be and why I am where I am where I, and how I've gotten to this point in the path in my life that I feel like I could share with others. 
Well, well, well. Lament. Lament. What's going on? What's going <laughs> on, Lament? Oh, I'm lamenting now. <laughs> okay. Bailey's Irish cream. What is going on? Um, so many things. Uh, my um, credit organization is really taking off, and we're really helping a lot of people. So that that's really uh, if you need your credit restored, and if you need your credit score to be raised, and if you need to get rid of some old debt and things like that, hit me up definitely. That's uh, lbblaze four two four five at yahoo.com. Um, I joined this organization that's getting ready to do an award show here in September, um, and uh, it's called LA Honors. We're going to be honoring local artists here, um, and so that's taking a little bit of my time because, you know, a lot of people have ideas, but they don't really know how a concept should go as far as shows and things like that, so we're working on that. Uh, getting ready for... What's that? Do we have a date for that in September? Uh, it is September, it's the 11th and 12th. So the 11th is like a luncheon with kind, well, actually not luncheon. We're going to do like a sit down dinner with some of the pastors and churches and things like that, honor a few of the pastors and trailblazers in our neighborhood and our community. And then the next day we're going to do the whole award show presentation, singers and everything like that. So that is the 11th and 12th of this year, September. So, uh, it's still in the planning stages, but it's so far it's coming along good. Um, what else? Doing some traveling coming up and, and, you know, just living life. I'm enjoying life, you know, as it goes. <laughs> so. It goes. Yeah. That's how it's supposed to be. Live your best life. Do you hear me? <laughs> Live your best blessed life. Sean, what is going on with you? You know, I've just been living saved. Try to live right. Oh, God. Oh, Baba Lai. Oh, Baba Lai. Oh, I love him. You know, I want to see him when I go home. Oh, ho, ho. yay. You better see him. Yeah. Which M do you want to see? Him. <laughs> the Lord. Yeah. The Lord. The Lord. Uh, um, oh wait a minute can we just do a rewind just two seconds rewind that the lord rewind uh-huh y'all missed everything yeah we did and our, and our listeners can't see the video so therefore they don't know what the hell just happened and why you want to rewind yeah. We want to rewind. We want to rewind. So, so we rewind it so Sean can say that statement again and everything that happened when he says that statement again is replayed Oh, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. Y'all, anyway. Um, Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Y'all are silly. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> I'm choking myself. Sorry, people. I'm choking at home here. You know, because he's, car- he's carried me through many rivers <laughs> and many oh, valleys. Oh, You're going to test a lie. Test a lie. Test a lie. Test a lie. Yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, blah, 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 Um, But no, um, lots going on here. Um, I've been personally been working on a lot of music. I, um, I record a lot and I write a lot. Um, and so I've been doing a lot of that. 
I have a goal. For those that are home, he's an untapped artist. He just not y'all man crush Monday. He is he's he is a singer. For those of y'all that's sitting home, wait a minute, y'all all all sing and not me. (laughs) Y'all all all gonna give me a singing session one day. Y'all gonna sing something. (laughs) You gotta get a lesson, Fernando. (laughs) Like y'all need to like even that one can sing. Yeah, we do all sing. (laughs) Yeah, we all sing. Look, 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 y'all. (laughs) <laughs> what the hell? All day. Hilarious. Like everybody can sing all of a sudden. Yeah. But I have a um I have a goal for this year and it's actually within the next six months it's supposed to happen. Um I wanna put out an EP. It's a four song EP EP. I have probably forty five written. <laughs> It about twenty five recorded, so I um want to put one out. I say this every year, um, and then life happens and I don't do it. So this year I do want to do it, and want to um just walk into wherever. Not to be spiritual, but oh, well, overly spiritual. Spiritual, but walk into wherever God leads me with, with it. All right, um, you still be working yes. on another project. And then there is the Tux and Chucks event. Yes. Which I have admittedly put down for a second. Um, but I do want that to happen this this year. And it's time to start thinking about that. Um, I've also been hev- heavily in thought lately about, like, what's my next thing? Oh. And... Um, it's the that's a thought that just perm it permeates my day like okay what's next um and i don't really have the answer the answer for that but i'm doing the necessary meditating you know what let's talk about that offline because i had an idea that you may be interested in okay so there it is and it always ends up with little old me, just little old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christopher Terrence Jones, what do you have going on in your life? Um, and you cannot mention wine. Go. Did you say I can't mention wine? That's a part of my life. <laughs> what you been doing, bitch? You cannot mention wine. Now go. What you been doing, bitch? That's hard to do anything when you say I can't mention wine. You leave me just stuck. Speechless. Stuck. <laughs> Speechless. No words can come out of my mouth. Um, well, so I'm at a I'm at a transitioning point in life. And after uh this this was I started my 30 32nd year of driving school buses this school year. And I'm on the fence about what's going to be the next phase of life for me. And I'm vested, so I'm good with retirement, but I would like to have a better retirement. And so I've been toying with, and this is, I'm just saying I'm toying with it in my mind, going back to actually drive the city bus. And so I'm toying with it in my mind because if I go do five more years at Golden Gate Transit, 
um, my retirement package will be just, it'd be quite beautiful. And then I can uh, pick my little happy butt up on out of here and go on and go somewhere. I don't know where, I don't know where we're going, Lamont. We're moving together. Move, with, let's move to an island. Fuck this thing. <laughs> I'm down for the island. Let's go to the Hawaii. island. Hawaii is just as expensive as here, shit. Sure, hell, it's worse. Just as expensive. We don't want to go there. We want to go somewhere where we have peace. Because it's all about peace. Right, like and Fiji so, or, you know, I don't know. And if you guys listen to, I just, oh, so I just started, for those of you that know, I produced this podcast. I also produced my own podcast, The Christopher Terrence Jones Show, which I just did a series on polyamory, um, being in a real polyamory relationship. And I talked about that on there saying that I would be open to being in a poly relationship. So yeah, I talked about that. Yeah. That, uh, really? <laughs> he just gets oh, we, you, didn't, you didn't know about this. We talked about this on, on one of our previous shows. Oh, oh that's yeah. right. Sean wasn't on the, on the show. That was um, we had the guest. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I did a series on my own podcast about polyamory relationships and being in one. And it was based off of a web series that I watched called Triangle. So Triangle comes on, on it's a web series, and you subscribe to it. And there were three, there was one guy who, the guy that he was in a relationship went to jail. And then when the, right before the guy gets out of jail, he meets another guy. Well, the best way to work that is that he told them he wanted to be in a relationship with both of them. And so I was like, I'm kind of against this and I don't understand. But when they sat down and started having conversations about it and he said, this is how it works. I'm all right with being with both of you. And I'm only going to sleep with you two. Now, you guys can sleep with whoever, but you need to tell them that you are in a relationship with me. So it opened my eyes and changed my eyes on some things. And I was like, wait a minute, I can do this. So if we discuss the ground rules, it can be. And then in the midst of that, a situation presented itself to me. So I'm trying to work through the dynamics of this situation and see what happens and where it goes and whatever at this point in life. I'm just, that's where I am with that. I also, for those of you that don't know, I, I don't do too much advertising among my, my, my other stuff here on this show because it is about the fellas, but I just started a new show with my little brother called The Perspective. We do a Facebook live show every Wednesday so you can catch us live at 7 p.m. on Facebook. And the reason why I don't advertise here is because as I started this podcast early on along, there were two other gentlemen with me and they made a statement and I never understood it. Mind you me, and this is where I'm going to toot my own horn. I was already a brand before I started this podcast. I was already a name before I started this. And when I say that I'm a brand and a name, I receive a check from YouTube. So for those of you that say you're a YouTuber and you have 200 followers, you're not a brand. You're not a name because you can't even get paid from YouTube without having 
over 1,100 followers and without 400,000 hours of watched videos. And I already had that. So that's why I say I don't talk about that over here. But I just want to let y'all know that that's what's going on with me, Polly Radio. Um, and this year, like I say, I want the fellas to do some live shows. So I need you guys to follow us, share us. I want you to see the fellas. I want you to be in their presence because the stuff that you don't see when we record on Zoom is the most hilarious stuff of life because the looks that Fernando gives, the looks that Lamont gives, and Sean, you have to see this stuff in person. Just have to see it. It is truly amazing. And there's great chemistry here. The chemistry is amazing. And I, I think I created a winner. What y'all think at home? Let us know. Let us know. Y'all want us to come to y'all city? We coming. Hit us up. We coming. We gonna bring food. We gonna bring wine. And all of my boys are fine. So you'll be have fabulous pictures. But you can't have Lamont and you can't have Sean. Fernando, you may have a chance with to have a discussion. There's a list. We have a list. Fine. <laughs> uh, you got. There's a conversation that comes with me. But now, if it's, it depends if it's for it's, it's for it's for a season or a spell. Uh oh. Oh lord. It will only be in that time for a spell, so it'll be a spell. A spell. <laughs> we'll only be there overnight or a couple of days, so you have a spell because you can't. That's have a quick it. spell. You don't have oh. a spell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to get on back, and Sean has to get back to his husband. Lamont has to get back to his husband because they are faithful, loyal men. They can teach y'all some things. I also, Sean and my brother, Dushan, we created something this year, and we'll be expanding it next year, and it has a crazy name right now. It's called Flossie Posse, the Miami edition. <coughs> so... We are doing a Miami trip this year, and it has a crazy name. But the way the group works, that it's 12 people in the group. And upon returning from the trip, then it's all same gender loving men. The next year, you are allowed to invite one more additional person into the group. And we'll do yearly trips together. So that's where that is, you. You'll hear more about that down the line. You'll see pictures on that, all that good stuff. Share the podcast, all that good stuff. Rate us a five. Follow us on iHeart. Follow us on wherever. You know what? We even on Twitter. Boom. Shout out to all of our people who listen. Choir, Roland, Brian, Deshaun. Uh, our wonderful co-host that we had the other day, Darren. I just got an inbox that we have somebody else that wants to come and co-host, so we're going to have another co-host. <coughs> oh, Lord. Anybody else? I need to do shout-outs, too, before I forget. Y'all know I'm old. Oh, no. Um, shout-out, everybody. Our folks in Las Vegas and, and Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah, Shout Phoenix. out to some old friends, some new friends, and soon to be friends. Texas, Atlanta, we love you. Yes. Well, I thought you said exes. <laughs> no, I said Texas, you damn fool. 
And yeah, our exes too. Our exes are watching our glory. How about it? I was like, what ex we giving a shout out to? Um, All the ones we left behind. All of us. Right. <laughs> you made us stronger. We thank you. We do. You made us stronger. Um, mm-hmm. That's about it. I, uh, I would like to send a shout out as we close to Miss um, Jackie Clark Chisholm. Sure. She just released her new single with Mary J. Blige called Feel Good. Uh-huh. You mean you mean Mary J. Blige just released a new single with Jackie singing two words, right? <laughs> um and I'm actually I'm actually gonna send it to everybody right now. Thank you, Sean. You do know she's the one in the group that don't sing, right? Well, she's but the, you know, oh, she, she is the one that you, you can really love. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's all wrong. What did you just say? I said you do know she's the one in the group that don't sing, right? Oh, yeah. I do know she's the one that doesn't sing. She also barely holds her tender part. But I just want to say it's very She is the most lovable member of the group, though. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you can talk to her and approach her. Yeah, because the other two are divas. With ankles that are swollen like this, this cup. Look, I can't get with y'all and support you, Clarkers, and I was a diehard fan. Until y'all do right. Until you do right by Denise. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I was... she looks wonderful on this album cover, this cover of this single. It's not an album, single. Right by Denise. Yeah. I Mama's beat. She is beat with an inch of her life. And not only is she beat, but she's singing the front part of the song. Feel, 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 feel. So, yeah. anyway, yeah. Because they looped it. Oh. Look. Y'all gonna leave Miss Jackie alone. She just lost her husband, and this is her feel good song. Okay, we are praying for her as well. For yet, mm-hmm. we pray for everybody. We support everybody. Oh, shout out to the. Uh, I always have to. I always forget. Shout out to you know. In my old age, I'm telling you, y'all, I be forgetting stuff, and I don't want to forget. I want to make sure that we send a shout out to the Him Podcast out of New York. Fellas, we love you guys. You guys are amazing. They are the younger version of us. They are the younger version of us. And then shout out to For the Record. For the Record. Um, That's one of the um, podcasts that comes to the the podcast meetup that I attend. (laughs) Shout out to Charmaine. I love you. You are the Love you, love you, love you. Okay, I think I got everybody. Um, I'm so, so hate to leave you guys, you know. I hate to leave you guys. You guys are just amazing. Once again, y'all be safe out there with this coronavirus. Keep your mouth covered. Keep your mouth off of things that don't belong to you. And you can just stay well. Mm. We'll see you all next week. Thank you for listening. We love you. Peace out. Peace out.